Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Starting a new series of programmes, Colin, you are going to take us through the Book of Acts, which I suppose really is the story of the early church, written by a doctor. Yes, by Dr. Luke. He wrote the version of his gospel, probably for some wealthy, influential man called Theophilus. He was putting down in written form, first of all, the accounts, the narratives that were in circulation in bits and pieces about the life of Jesus. He put it together into what we call the Gospel according to St. Luke. And then he did something similar for the early years of the church's history. Would this have been a first-hand account? We will see as we go through it that the first part is second-hand. He's receiving revelation that he has received from the apostles. But there comes a point in the Acts of the Apostles where Luke himself is involved. And he, from that moment, starts to talk about we rather than they. But we'll come to that in due course. What we have to understand is that these few chapters, 28 short chapters in the book of Acts, cover a historic period of about 30 years. Now, the gospel accounts compress three years of Jesus' ministry into what is really about 25, 30 pages in most of our Bibles. But Luke now has to condense 30 years of activity of the Spirit into a similar length. So obviously what he has to do is to focus on particular key events and particular key people that came to the fore in the leadership of the church in its earliest days. So we're not going to attempt to go through this book verse by verse, as we have with some of the other books of the New Testament, but we're really going to do what Luke does, and we're going to pick out key events and key people uh, that are recorded in this book, because, of course, this is Scripture, and therefore it is written for our learning. So there are very important lessons for us to learn from this book. And, of course, it starts right at the point where Jesus had been raised from the dead and then was taken up into heaven. So this is right at the beginning of the next phase of the church's life. Yes, Luke continues where his gospel narrative ends. At the end of his gospel narrative, there's the the account of Jesus ascending to heaven. And so he begins, he takes up uh, that theme here at the beginning. Let's just read the opening verses. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a number of key truths here that we need to get hold of. First of all, Luke refers to the ascension and that what Jesus did before returning to heaven was giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. Now, 
the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them, as Jesus promised, once he had returned to heaven. So the Holy Spirit is working through Jesus to give the apostles the instructions that they need. What is going to happen subsequently is the Holy Spirit is going to come upon those apostles and upon the other early believers to enable them to fulfill those instructions. Because you see, in the Christian life, all God's purposes have to be worked out through the activity of the Holy Spirit working in and through believers. So this whole book is really, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, and that's fine, so long as we remember that it's the acts of the Holy Spirit working in and through the apostles, so that we keep the focus on the fact that the apostles could not have done what they did unless the Holy Spirit had come upon them to empower them. So this waiting period was of vital importance. It was of vital importance. Now, the second thing that we must notice from these uh, first verses is that Luke refers to the fact that when Jesus appeared to the apostles and the other Christian in Jerusalem and in Galilee during the 40 days of his resurrection appearances, he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Now, this is very, very significant. You see, the whole gospel is really about the kingdom or the rule and the reign of God. Now, when we use that phrase, Jesus is not talking about heaven. He's talking about God's will for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven. You remember in what we call the Lord's Prayer, he told us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is really the rule and the reign of God. So the kingdom is actually manifested wherever the will of God is being performed. When people are obedient to God, the rule, the reign, the authority, the lordship, the kingship, the kingdom of God can be manifested. So that's the second important thing. The instructions were given as to what the church should do by the Holy Spirit, and they could only be fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was speaking to them about the kingdom of God because the commission really was to take the life and the power, not only the word, but the life and the power of that kingdom, first to the Jews and then to the nations. Now, the third thing we need to focus on in these early verses is this statement that John baptized with water, but in a few days, uh, Jesus was promising the disciples, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, he said this to them, you see, just before he returned to heaven. What's the significance of this? Well, you remember that John baptized Jesus right at the very beginning of his ministry. And at that time, he spoke this prophetic word about Jesus, that I baptize with water, but there stands one among you who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, Jesus doesn't make any reference to that all the way through his ministry until it comes to this resurrection appearance when he affirms 
what John the Baptist said, that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, the interesting thing is, you see, that the prophecy that John the Baptist gave concerning Jesus was not what Jesus would do during his humanity, but once he had fulfilled his task here on earth and had returned to heaven. Jesus did not baptize in the Holy Spirit while he was here on earth. Really, I mean, the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of Christ was operating in and through Jesus. But once he returned to heaven, his Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, could be poured out upon all believers. They would then have the power and the authority to go and continue Jesus' mission to bring the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven to earth, to see God's sovereign will and purpose being done on earth now as it is in heaven. So the whole of the Acts of the Apostles is really how these three things were worked out, how the commission that was given to the church through the Holy Spirit was to be outworked in the power of the Spirit, how the disciples would take the gospel, the life, and the power of the kingdom of God and make it manifest in Jerusalem, Judea, Galilee, and among the nations. And thirdly, that they would be able to do all this because they and all those who were evangelized, all those who came into the kingdom of God, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, to be baptized is to be submerged, is to be immersed in, is to be completely infused with. So the Holy Spirit had in some way been operating in their lives before this time, but had not indwelt them, had not, if you like, infused the whole of their being with his presence and his power. That was the thing that uh, Jesus was promising them, and that is what turned them from the men who meant well that we see in the Gospels into the men who did well, it, from the ones who were constantly failing into the ones who were constantly overcoming. That was the outworking, the result, the consequence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And just as that was the consequence for them uh, in those very early days of the church's experience, so it is true today that Jesus wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit so they are empowered to be the people of the kingdom that he calls them to be. And we must just make it very clear that baptism in water and baptism in spirit are distinctive. When a person is baptized but in water, he is being baptized, so the scripture says, into Christ. When he is baptized in the Holy Spirit, he is being baptized by Christ. And what a wonderful, wonderful privilege that is, that Jesus Christ himself should infuse the life of believers with his Holy Spirit to empower them for the fulfillment of their ministry, to take the kingdom of God into the world. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 